il va faire froid, je vais mettre mes gants, vis toi et moi. Le vent emporte ma casquette, plus pour ma palette, drette pouliche, liche, moi t'es sous ma niche, sous ma doudou, calinours fétiche. Gentille fille, on t'aime, on t'aime, gentille fille, on t'aime, on t'aime. Quand je m'amène, tout le temps bien, man, tu vas grosseur de ma chaîne, est invisible, est incroyable, prévisible, pitoyable. Les au gabou, jamais, jamais. Les au gabou, jamais, jamais. Tu sais la rivière, je vais à contre-courant d'un. Tellement facile avec mon gros yacht, rempli de slots qui se frottent. C'est normal, j'ai la salle, mais je suis propre, 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 propre. Peu importe, je suis aimable, mais non, pas de je me lave avec. Je m'en fous, déteste ma tech. Jaloux, vas-y, respecte. Gabo, ton amour avec le sujet. J'ai dans ma route à ce qui paraît. Je connais un qui est pas prêt. J'ai clair que nous autres, on l'est. On va plein jusqu'à demain matin. On va plein jusqu'à demain matin. Dans Rivière, je suis courant. Je me laisse griller dans piscine. Dans Rivière, je pas différent. Je me laisse griller dans piscine.
Welcome to the Living Writers Show. It is Wednesday, March 1st, and our guest today is uh, LaDawn Black. This is Chaz Barrett filling in for Ashley David today, and we'll be talking about LaDawn's book, Stripped Bear, The 12, 12 Truths That Will Help You Land the Very Best Black Man. Welcome, LaDawn. Thank you for having me. Now, you're a radio host yourself. Uh, you work at WERQ in Baltimore and host The Love Zone. Yes, Sunday through Thursdays. We do the whole relationship love thing for two hours and then dedication. So I've been doing that for about two years now. That's great. Um, so what sort of uh, topics do you generally cover there and has that been helpful for you in writing your recent book? It's been really interesting because Baltimore is a big college town so a lot of times my questions and topics span from the typical boyfriend girlfriend stuff to the should we move in together and should I tell my parents that we're dating (laughs) that I'm dating another girl you know Mm -hmm. so they can really span the it's a wide range of topics and then you have people who call in with just traditional issues you know talking about sexuality and relationships so we have a lot of fun on the air, definitely. Uh, have you ever gotten any really crazy, interesting calls oh that are gosh. noteworthy? Or <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? Sometimes I get calls from people, and they have needs, and they have things they want to discuss, mm-hmm. but it's not things that everybody wants to discuss. <laughs> like one guy called in, and he said that he really likes leopard underwear and he just wanted to have a just a rift and a rant on leopard <laughs> underwear and I was like okay this is a bit strange we can't do that but you do you get those yeah. strange calls but I then suppose there could be finer points of leopard <laughs> underwear that I'm not aware right. of <laughs> they did a lot for him and he wanted to talk about it I for see. hours and we, we couldn't do that uh-huh. so um what or who inspired you to write stripped bear well, basically, Strip Bear comes out of my own experience. Like a lot of women out there, I was in that dating cycle where things just weren't working out. And it wasn't that the men were bad. It was just that they were bad men for me. So I wrote the actual truths just to help myself out, to turn my dating around. And they worked for me. And then I shared them with my girlfriends. And they were like, oh, okay, women, there may be something to this. And then when I got into radio and actually doing the relationship advice online and things like that, I found that the listeners and readers actually we were benefiting from it as well. So that's kind of the source of strip bear. It's like sitting across from your best girlfriend and having her give you good advice about oh. love. Well, that, that seems very helpful. I mean, um, do you think that these are applicable to, um, to men or to I as a man am interested? <laughs> <laughs> now, what's happening with the book actually is that men have actually purchased the book and in hopes of understanding women better, Mm -hmm. getting a better feel for what women really want. Now, what I tell men all the time is that the same things that I talk about in the book, letting go of the past, making your relationship a priority, things like that are important for men as well. So definitely the book can be a good read for a man who's either trying to understand a woman or just wants to look at relationships a little bit differently. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, would you like to talk about the truths a little more? Maybe run sure, through them for sure. our listeners? I'll give you about four truths. Let's talk about four of the hot okay. ones that are in the book. Um, the first one that I talk about a lot in book clubs and in seminars is ditching the skirt. And that really talks about women modifying their relationships with their girlfriends. Not that you give up your girlfriend that you've had since elementary school, but we all have that one girlfriend that it doesn't matter if our relationship is going great or if it's going horribly. They just don't have anything to add. So I always tell women, you know, you don't talk to your girlfriend who works at the grocery store about your medical problems. Mm -hmm. You know, you go find that girlfriend who's a doctor. So be very careful about the women that you talk about your relationship with because if they don't have anything to add, what's the point in telling them? True. So that's one truth. Another one we talk about a lot is sex is not a four-letter word. 
And that really speaks to the fact that women need to understand sexually what they like and what they don't like and being honest about it, but also be willing to have that conversation with a man. A lot of women feel like it's on autopilot when it comes to their sexuality, but you really have to have that discussion so that you can have a more enhanced sex life. So that's one of the truths in the book. And I'm trying to think, what's the third one I want to share? Let's talk about baggage. Okay. (laughs) There are a lot of women who are dragging negative stuff into relationships. You know, they had someone hurt them. They had someone play them in the past, and they're just, like, hurting. And so as soon as they go on that first date, they give you a rundown of exactly what that bad man Mm -hmm. did. And so the guy's sitting there like, well, why am I even here? You're actually still attached or still interested in the old guy. So I tell women all the time that with letting go of the baggage, yes, of course, let go of the negative. But sometimes you have to let go of some of the positive, too, because if you had someone who treated you great, and I always tell them if he treated you so great, you'd still be there. <laughs> yeah. But a lot of women have that experience where, well, he's not romantic enough or he's not interesting enough. And they bring that to the table and the relationship ends on day one. And that's really not fair. So you have to really let go of the past and deal with the person that you're with. And let's see what other one can I share with you. I'll just give you four. Okay. One more. <laughs> The last chapter actually talks about dating unavailable men. And it's interesting because Strip Bear actually was a self-published book first, and there were only 10 truths. And based on my listener response to the first book, or the first version of the book, I added unavailable men. And the reason why I added that is because I know as I travel from especially major cities, a lot of women are dealing with men who are locked up or who may be gay, or who may be married. And so that last chapter actually talks about not actually putting yourself in a situation that you can't win. And a lot of women are drawn to men that will never want to be with them or can never be with them. So unavailable men really speaks to that mm-hmm. topic. Yeah, that's uh, certainly applicable to my love life. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Uh-huh. Various incarcerated women have uh, <laughs> been a huge problem for me. Moving on. Um, Do you think African-American women have a more difficult time finding a good man than other women? I don't think that the the availability of men is really an issue. It's not something that's unique to African-American women. I think the issues that we face culturally may be different. Um, As I travel the country and I talk to different women, all women are looking for a great man. But I think when you look in the African-American community, we have some things that are unique. We have socioeconomic issues where a lot of our women are more highly educated or may even make more money than our men. So that's something that's unique to us. Also, we have a culture where our mom always teaches us to be your very best and to always be able to take care of yourself. Mm -hmm. And in getting that message, sometimes the, the subliminal message is you don't need a man. And so a lot of our women are raised to believe that we can be all we can be. And then we get around 35 and we go, well, wait a minute, (laughs) I might want to have a a family. And then sometimes it's too late. So I think the the overall theme of looking for a great man applies to all races. But when you actually drill it down to certain cultures, there are particular things that play a role that may make it just a little bit more difficult. Uh, In Stripped Bear, you talk a lot about the media propagating negative images about love and relationships Mm -hmm. in the African-American community. In your opinion, why do you think this image is so prevalent? The image is prevalent because negativity sells. 
So you're not going to see on the evening news or in your videos, you know, the, the strong black family, you know, a man taking care of his family or, or people being happy in their homes. The idea of a single black mother sells. You're going to see that in a movie. You're going to see the thug love in your videos because that's what's popular and that's what sells. Mm-hmm. So I always encourage women, especially young women, because Strip Bear is really, um, especially in the Baltimore area where I'm on the air, taking off in the high schools to really not believe what's sold to you in magazines and videos and film. Look around you for positive aspects. Look for positive love around you. Get to know what people are really living every day and not believe the things that you see because really that's just put out there to sell. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, I, the media is a huge problem with things <laughs> like that. But, um, so, um, let's see, uh, changing gears a bit. Uh, what is sure. your personal definition of the very best black man since these are the 12 truths okay. to help you land them? Well, like I said, it was a process that I worked through. And I always walk women through the want versus need assessment. So it's like if you ask a woman, well, what are you looking for? And she'll tell you everything she wants, tall, dark, and handsome, mm-hmm. you know, certain education level, certain financial level. And then you say, well, what is it that you actually, well, I just need a man who's going to pay attention to me. I need a man who's going to be encouraging. I need someone who's going to be supportive. So I always encourage women to go after the needs and not necessarily the wants, and that way you'll get what you want. Now, personally for me, when I went through the process, I was really looking for a man who would be a good dad. That was huge on my list, along with a whole bunch of other things. But that was the bigger thing. And in the end, that's what I got. But um, I always encourage other women to really define what their ideal man is. Because I actually had a lady come out to a sign and she said, okay, I'm here. So are we cloning one man? Because <laughs> she <laughs> believed it was literally just one. And I told her, basically, the ideal man is the man for you, the man who's a perfect fit for you. And really ignoring what society or your parents or what your friends expect for you to have and actually have what works for you. Hmm. Do you think it's difficult for a lot of people to really come to that? Oh, my goodness. It is incredibly (laughs) hard. It's incredibly (laughs) hard. I mean, because what you'll find is that a woman who has a certain education level or a certain career feels that she should be with a man who's very similar to her. But she doesn't realize that the things that she's looking for don't necessarily have a job or an education level attached to them. So it's very hard when you have your coworkers looking at your mate, when you have your parents looking at your mate. Sometimes you have your girlfriends looking at your mate and they go, well, wait a minute, you're a judge and he's a cook. Uh You know, it just doesn't come together, but they don't see all of the intangibles that this person is able to bring to your life. Mm -hmm. So you really do have to, you know, take a blind eye to what other people think and really do what makes you happy. It's very interesting. Now, I understand you're working on a play right now. Yes. Could you tell us a bit about that? I'm looking to put together a play based on kind of the theme of the Strip Bear series. Strip Bear is actually... This book is actually the first in a three-part series of um, just relationship advice for African-American women. And what I'm looking to do with the play is to actually present a cross-section of what love looks like in a black community. But it's not going to be your typical, almost, you know, your, your low-level, you know, C-level play where it's all drama and, mm-hmm. you know, it's, no. It's going to be a really positive portrayal of the various shades and the various layers of love that are in our community. Because I think a lot of times we need to see that. Some people aren't seeing those images when they look at the TV or they go out to a play. So if we can have something that's positive, that's showing that love does ebb and flow, but that it does exist in different forms and Mm -hmm. different shades, I think that would be a good thing. And uh, the next book in this series, uh, from mm-hmm. what I understand, is Sizzling Sex Tips, due out next February? Next February, February. yes. We're going to do Sizzling Sex Tips. And the way Sizzling Sex Tips is probably different from your typical sex tip book is that it's actually street sex tips. So it's things that my listeners have called in and said, this is what we're doing and oh, this is what works, versus picking up that book and you go, I don't 
know if I can get on the floor <laughs> quite like that. This one is really straightforward um, things that people are using. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the practicality of, of, <laughs> of I'm, no, I'm, I'm completely serious. I think the practicality issue is, is uh, very, very necessary yeah, in, in books. And, and I think that uh, Stripped Bear, or the first oh. in the Stripped Bear series, is uh, you know has a lot of really practical advice. It's not... It's um, not preachy yeah, at, exactly. at all, exactly. and you're not going to sit and do quizzes, ladies. You're yeah. not going to have to pull out your journal and journalize. Mm. I mean, it's really just changing the way you view relationships. And if you have a positive view, because, I mean, especially what I hear from fellas all the time is that it's, you, you kind of get what you give off. So mm. if you're positive and you're looking for something that's great and you're not desperate, you'll get what you want. But a lot of women have been hurt, and they don't know really what they want. And so that's why they get the negative vibe or they get that negative person because that's what they're bringing into their existence. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. Um, do you want to elaborate on that a little bit? <laughs> I definitely I mean, do, do, can. Do you have like a theory behind well, this? Well, this or? is the thing. What I've found is when women are in that cycle, and, and every woman who's listening knows, you're in that cycle where the relationships just aren't working. And sometimes it's easy to say, well, you know, he was just a bad guy. But you'll have that one guy, you'll go, well, wait a minute, he was perfect, and it still didn't work. Mm-hmm. And I think it's because you're in a stage where you're not confident about what you want. You're not really clear about what you need. And you're kind of taking whatever comes at you. And that's one of the things that I actually talk about in seminars all the time, is that we talk about, we plan our education. You know, we pick our classes so that we can eventually graduate. Um, We actually pursue our career, you know, take the levels in our career so we can get eventually that dream job that we've always wanted. Mm -hmm. We plan our retirement, but we kind of just let love happen. You know, if he happens to bump into me at the grocery store, if I see him at the club, there we go. And you're not really planning or thinking or digging a little bit deeper when it comes to love. And I'm like, it's such a huge decision. How in the world can you just let it happen? You have to think about it. You have to plan. You have to put something in motion. But there's obviously an intangible quality to all of it. And so um, how does that factor in? Well, we start with the hotness factor. (laughs) (laughs) So if you find someone hot, okay, That's step one. Mm -hmm. But step two is stepping back saying, okay, beyond the fact that he or she is hot, what in the world, you know, why would we be together? Why would we be a good fit? And when you actually do that, and it's not sitting with a pad all the time, it's just knowing what you want. Unlike for a lot of women, the issue of maybe not wanting a man who may have children. Mm-hmm. Why would you even entertain that if that's something that you're not interested in or possibly dating a person who already has a girlfriend? If you know that that's some drama that you don't want to be involved in, yeah. why would you even place yourself in that situation? So we have to be very clear about what we want and what we need and that way you don't waste time. And when I put out that don't waste time thing, women go, oh, OK, so I don't spend six months with someone and, and go, this wasn't right. Yeah, you can figure out something, say, within two to three days. You can figure out whether or not you want to be there any longer. Hmm. Well, I think it's about time for a musical break here on The Living Writers Show. Uh, again, our guest today is LaDawn Black. We're talking about her book, Stripped Bear, The Twelve Truths That Will Help You Land the Very Best Black Man. And this is Chaz Brett filling in for Ashley David on The Living Writers Show. Stick around.
Welcome back. You're listening to The Living Writer Show. This is Chaz Perrett, and I'm sitting with LaDawn Black today. We're talking about her book, Stripped Bear, The Twelve Truths That Will Help You Land the Very Best Black Man. We were just discussing um, its application for, for women and all of the baggage that they might bring. How many of these really apply for men as well? Well, it's, inter- it's interesting. As I travel, I find that Stripped Bear also applies to men because men buy it because they want insight on what women really want. And I kind of knew that that was going to happen. But the surprising thing that has happened is a lot of men have bought it for their daughters. You know, they have daughters that are in their late teens, early 20s, and they're like, okay, she's not figuring this thing out. And outside of me picking her dates, let's try this book. And the other thing that's happened is men that are actively engaged in dating or looking for a mate pick up the book because, I mean, it has some great things that you can actually flip to the to men to apply to men like the book talks a little bit about keeping your relationship a priority and that's an important lesson that i think a man or a woman could really use Certainly. and then even the chapter that deals with modifying your friendships some guys have some friends too <laughs> <laughs> yeah my friends are loathsome <laughs> that are detrimental to a relationship so definitely the 12 truths can apply to a man as well that's great um how uh, since this is um a black dating book. Do you right. think it uh, applies to interracial dating, and how could it be well, what's applicable? It, well, you know what? The question I get on radio shows all the time is, LaDonna's book is great, and yes, yeah, great, we're pursuing black men, but what if a w- black woman decides she wants to date outside of her race? You know, what do you say about that? And I tell them all the time, I'm just an advocate for black love. So if you can find love... <laughs> in any shade, you know, go for it, definitely. I think really the truths... I wrote the book primarily for African-American women who were looking for African-American men. But definitely it's just a good guide for any woman who's just looking for love. So if you're looking for love in a different shade, the book can help you out as well because it's just general love principles. Yeah, at one point, I think you address the um, white women as pariahs sort of situation. I thought that was a very interesting part of the book. I mean, it's one of the myths. The book talks about a lot of myths that are out on the street that black women have kind of internalized. You know, the myth that we should all be with big ballers, that that's the only way, you know, to really have a great life is to be with a super rich athlete. Also, that none of our men are great and the ones that are great are all taken. And then the last one is also that a lot of our great men men or with white women. And I just tell them that those are myths. If you really dig down deep, a lot of us still date 
people who are like us because we date in the communities that we live. We date the places that we work, the places that we worship. And unfortunately, to a greater degree, we kind of hang around people who are like us. So don't get wrapped up in, you know, the fact that you cut on your TV and there's that athlete and he has a white wife. That's very rare. And that our brothers still are hanging in there for us. So I tell them all the time, don't believe the stuff that you see and read. It's not all true. Um, in, oh, with truth number three, get stingy. You encourage mm-hmm. couples to make quality time together a top priority. And you stress the tenant, we shall not socialize separately. <laughs> You think that could lead to unhealthy dependency issues? And that's what I get beat up on all the time. I don't mean across the board that, you know, you can't hang with your girls or he can't hang with his guys. But what I find is a lot of times when couples don't have a lot of shared experiences, they tend to grow apart. You still have to place priority on spending time together. When you were dating, when you were fir- when you first met that person, you know, you still had your friends. He still had his friends. But you made time for each other. You made sure that you had that standing Saturday night date or you had that good night call every night. You still have to make your relationship a priority. You still have to get stingy when it comes to your time. And so it doesn't mean that you can't do things separate, but make sure you're doing enough together to have a a real couple relationship experience. See, I was in a long distance relationship Mm -hmm. for a while. What is your opinion on those? (laughs) A lot of people say they're doomed for (laughs) failure and such. Do you think that... uh, Without that personal time, people can make things work, seeing each other once a month or so. The thing with long-distance relationships, and I get this a lot on my radio show because I'm in a college town, and a lot of people are like, well, you know, he's in school in Washington, and he's school, you know, she's in school there, and we just see each other on the weekends or maybe on breaks. Long-distance relationships can work, but you have to have rules, and I think that's where people mess up. If you just say, okay, you do your thing, and I do, you know, I do my thing, and we're together, and, and the understanding is that no one is cheating. You've never had that conversation. So you need to set guidelines. You know, can you see other people? Is it okay to make friends with other people? Maybe you can go out. Just, you know, if it gets serious, let me know. You have to really set guidelines for a long-distance relationship. Once those guidelines are set, you also have to put in place webcams, email, text messages. You have to make ways to communicate because, I mean, it's just sometimes financially you can't see each other all the time or just because of obligations you can't. Mm -hmm. So you have to make every effort to make a long-distance relationship work. And if you actually use the technology and have some clear guidelines, I think it can work. Well, um, you mentioned looser guidelines. Do you think that that would actually be sort of an insidious influence on a relationship? <laughs> or, Well, you know what? Sometimes I had a girlfriend, and she and her boyfriend actually had an understanding. He lived in California. She lived here in, well, she lived in the D.C., Virginia area. And their thing was that they could date other people because they just didn't see how realistic it would be to actually not see other people because they only saw each other maybe once or twice every two or three months. So they could see each other, but their rule was if it ever got serious, if you ever got to the point where you wanted to end our long distance thing, let's talk about it. Mm -hmm. And I think it worked for them because they were able to really say to one another, you know, I met this interesting person. Oh, really? You know, let's talk about it. And a lot of times those, those interesting relationships kind of fell to the wayside, but they were honest with each other. And there was no, you know, him coming to her place and finding stuff or, you know, having her fly out to California and somebody else popped up. Mm -hmm. It was very open and honest and it was able to work for them. So what do you think is the single most important thing a woman can do in order to help her meet her Mr. Right? is to be clear about what it is you really need in a relationship. Because if you're just chasing an image or you're chasing what's expected, that's not 
really what you want. So be clear about what you need and then actually put a plan in place to get it. And uh, you can use the cheat sheet for this, of course. Definitely, definitely. <laughs> Would you like to run through that? I'm going to run through the cheat sheet. And the cheat sheet, basically, Strip Bear has main truths, 12 main truths. But I also included bare necessities. So it's like almost like man- mantras or affirmations mm-hmm. to go along with each truth. So let me run through those. Let go of the past is number one. I will take today on its own merits. Number two, gain a sense of fun. Today I will try something new. Number three, make your relationship a priority. I will give myself space. Number four, sex is not a four-letter word. I am responsible for my ultimate pleasure. Number five, get the clues. I will listen in total to the world around me. Number six, be the prize. I am a unique creation worthy of praise. Number seven, Break the girlfriend chain. I will remove from my life people who drain me. Number eight, live for you. The power to be happy comes from me. Number nine, friendship truly matters. I will only be involved with those whom I genuinely like. Number ten, always remember the first time. I will use my beginnings as fuel for my future. Number eleven, get into the dating mix. Be an innovator. Mix up your dating options for guaranteed fun and fulfillment. Number 12, playing keep away. You deserve 100%. Don't accept anything less. So those are the cheat, that's the cheat sheet. <laughs> Very useful. You don't have to you know, flipping around, have uh, dog-eared pages. All right. The time for, what was I supposed to do next? I can't figure out what I'm supposed to do. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm going to read you a little bit of the introduction. It's going to give you kind of an idea of where I was coming from. When I wrote Strip Bear, so here we go. Welcome to a world of better relationships. Three years ago, I came up with the idea of writing a series of relationship books for the African-American community that would be based on 12 basic truths that can greatly improve the quality of love in our lives. These truths are tested. They have worked successfully for my sister circle and me, and I know that they can work for you. It is a It is simply time for all sisters to have great relationships that they deserve with the very best black man. Don't believe the hype. I'm going to strip away the negative perceptions of black love that are sold to us every day. It is time to move forward and get the great relationship that is out there for you. From the truths, you will gather practical ideas on how to actively pursue only the best relationships. Let go of the negative falsehoods, live in reality, and improve your relationships from day one. I want you to pay close attention to the next sentence because it will revolutionize the way that you view relationship potential. The key to a great relationship is you. There are no tricks or steps that need to be followed. No special places to meet men, no magical weave or makeup that can guarantee a fulfilling partnership with a brother. What I am offering are basic proven truths that allow us as black women to foster to foster the ultimate relationship with the very best black man. Get ready to jump into the driver's seat and enter a new territory where you consciously decide to have the very best in your life without the concessions, drama, or dehumanization that other relationship guides offer. This book was written especially for you. Using the truths will increase your ability to identify, pursue, and keep the very best black man. Each truth will reveal an aspect of personal development that will prepare you for living your very best life. Living well and being self-fulfilled is contagious. Black men who are living their best lives will be drawn to your winning spirit. 
It is up to you to absorb the ideas behind the truths and run with them down the road toward personal fulfillment. In talking with sister friends who have successfully reviewed and used the truths in their own relationships, I was always told that the truths deserve to be known outside of our little circle. So in the spirit of sisterhood, I am sharing the truths with you. They work for me and they will work for you. It is time to take charge of your romantic life and get the high quality love that you deserve. Join me, sisters, as we pursue one of the world's greatest creations, black men. And that's the introduction to Strip Bear. That's great. I think it sums things up pretty well. Yes, it does. So I think it's it's about the top of the hour. So you're listening to WCBN FM Ann Arbor 88.3. This is The Living Writers Show. My name is Chaz Barrett, and we're interviewing LaDawn Black today, uh, talking about her book, Stripped Bear, The Twelve Truths That Will Help You Land the Very Best Black Man. Uh, You can go to LaDawnBlack.com. That's L-A-D-A-W-N Black.com. And I think we're going to move to a musical break, so stick around. Welcome back. You're listening to The Living Writers Show. Uh, we're here with LaDawn Black today, and um, you're on your book tour right now. Yes, I'm having a ball. Mm-hmm. And I've been, yeah, I've been traveling the country, meeting readers up close, hearing the most interesting things. Mm-hmm. Now, Anything truly shocking? <laughs> well, the thing that has been really shocking for me is that in writing Strip Bear, I wrote it for women, say, 21 and 25, that were mm-hmm. just kind of starting to look at love seriously. And as I go to the signings and as we have the events in the evening, I'm finding that a lot of the women are, say, 35 plus. Wow. And it's been really surprising because what they find in the book is the fact that 
one, if I'm already married, that the book has been a great refresher as far as why did I get into this thing and what mm-hmm. can I do to keep the relationship hot or to keep it going? Mm-hmm. And then if you're single, which a lot of women are, if you know, find themselves divorced or maybe never, never married, the book has been a good tool to introduce them to dating again or maybe to reshape the way they've been dating and, and the fact that they're single, maybe to look at love a little bit differently and possibly get that love that they really want. So there have been some real revelations. Also, guys come out to the signing, which has been really surprising because all of the marketing for the book has been this is a woman's relationship guy. Certainly. And guys come out, and, and I'll be honest, they come out really to challenge me. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> you know, they're ready. You know, they, okay, I'm going to tell her she's totally wrong. Uh-huh. But what I find in the end is they go, well, thank you so much for writing a book that says we're not ogres, we're not horrible, <laughs> you know, that we have needs and wants, too, and that, you know, a woman should be receptive on some level to what we want. Uh, have you ever considered doing a version of one of these books for men? Definitely. Um, I think in its current form, a man can pick it up and say, well, you know, those are some things I need to work on as well. But I think that there may be some unique things that men need, and, and I would love to do a stripped bear version for men. Yeah, that's, uh, that's great. Uh, and, and with all the things you pick up from people mm-hmm. on the tours, uh, would you ever do a, a, a revised version of the book, or would you just move right on to the sequel? Well, you know what? A revised version is always needed, because like I told you earlier, the book was self-published three years ago, and there were only 10 truths. And so in the last three years, there's been a growth in online dating. There's been a growth in, you know, kind of the downtown networking, speed dating, locking key parties, things like that. So we actually added a chapter that talks about dating. We added the chapter about unavailable men, because a lot of women are dealing with some issues with, you know, being attracted to gay men and can't figure out why. So we added that. So definitely as time passes and as the book gains more steam, there may be a need to add more truths and to put out a newer version. Mm -hmm. Are there any of those that are in the works right now? I mean, you're on the last leg of your tour, so I'm sure you've gone through a lot. One of the things that that has really hit me is how do you date when you've been out of the game for a long time? Like I said, a lot of the women have come out. They say, look, I have adult kids. I'm not interested in dating a man who has young children. I'm not interested in being a mom anymore. But I don't feel like I should give up on love because I'm 40 plus. So definitely there would be, if there were to be another version of Strip Bear, I would do a chapter about women over 40 who have adult kids. Should they date younger men, kids, their kids, you know, men, their kids age? Or should they focus on men their age? Or should they just give up because there are no men out there? Definitely. That would be one of the add ons to the book. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you mentioned that uh, you wrote this for 20-somethings, but right. do you have any uh, advice for college students oh, that are embroiled in this, <laughs> this game? And, and that's one of the surprising markets. I'm glad that you asked that question. Like I said, I initially wrote the book for someone 21 to 25, but definitely in the Baltimore area where my radio show can be held, uh, heard, I've been doing a lot in the high schools because mm-hmm. a lot of the teachers and principals and parents feel that, you know, we need to arm our women early, you know, let them know what a real relationship should look and feel like. So when I talk to colleges, college students, and I talk to people who are in high school, we have a lot of fun with the book because I tell them it's nothing wrong with expecting to be treated well. And that's a huge message for a lot of women because a lot of them have bought that image of, you know, if I have to suffer through love, love hurts, love is painful, love is difficult. And nobody's really telling them good love feels good. I mean, of course, you're going to have days where he didn't call you and you're upset about it. But for the most part, if you're in a positive experience, that's a relationship you need to be in. And it's really encouraging girls to start really planning and thinking about love. Not that you're plotting your way toward marriage that young, but that, you know, it's important to be healthy, 
and to make smart decisions even at those younger ages. Certainly, certainly. So any any specific truths that only college <laughs> students? I mean, I, this is Ann Arbor, Michigan. If I college, had to give one of the truths to say a college audience, I would think the one that I would really give young women is be the prize, and be the prize speaks about knowing your value. And knowing your value in your man's eyes. I think a lot of times when you first start seeing someone, you want to be whatever they want. You know, if he wants a really sexy woman, okay, I'm going to revamp myself and be that sexy woman. Oh, I have horrible problems with sexy women. (laughs) Or if he wants that, you know, intellectual, you know, I'm going to, you know, brush up real quick and be that intellectual. Mm -hmm. Women have a tendency to to be chameleon-like to turn themselves into the woman that they think a man wants. Mm-hmm. So I oftentimes when I talk to colleges, I tell women, be the prize. Know your value. Know what's important and, and good about yourself. Highlight that. And then it's nothing wrong with saying, well, what do you like about me? Oh, well, I'll, you know, I like your legs. Okay, that's cool to know. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't mean that you change everything about yourself based on what that person wants and needs. It's just knowing your value because if you know your value, no one can take it away. Wow, that's great. So, so who have been your influences in writing? Wow, I love, oh goodness, I have, have, I have so many authors that I really, really love. Uh, Toni Morrison oh, would be great. one of my, I just love the beauty of her words. Mm-hmm. I mean, her words draw a picture. Alice Walker, because she has the beauty of words, but also the history mixed in, which is wonderful. Yeah. Um, let's see, who else? I mean, there's just so many influences, but those would probably be... The two biggest influences. I just I like people who can draw pictures with words, and you don't see that often anymore. Yeah, they're amazing writers. Yeah. So those would be two of my influences. Haven't gotten to that level yet, <laughs> <laughs> but I love their work. Beautiful work. Well, in time, perhaps. But perhaps. You know, it's coming. <laughs> Again, we're talking to Ladon Black today on the Living Writers Show. Uh, you can go to her website, ladonblack.com, for um, Q&A, to email her with your own questions. Or you could just go out and buy her book, Stripped Bear, The Twelve Truths That Will Help You Land the Very Best Black Man. I think we're coming up on the end of the show, so thank you so much for being on the show today, Ladon. Thank you so much for having me. And once again, if anyone wants to reach out to me, they can reach out to me through the sign. I answer my email, so if you have any relationship mm-hmm. issues, please uh, send them over. Also, we have polls and all kinds of things, so it's, it's a lot of fun. A great relationship site. Okay, thank you very much. Bye-bye. Bye. Uh-huh.